Chapter 88 of Explanation of Catholic Morals. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bruce Kachuk. Explanation of Catholic Morals by John H. Stapleton. Chapter 88 Defamation. Defamation differs from contumely in that the one supposes the absence the other the presence of the person vilified and again in that the former asperses the reputation of the victim while the latter attacks the honour due or paid to said reputation a good name is after the grace of god man's most precious possession wealth is mere trash compared with it you may find people who think otherwise but the universal sentiment of mankind stigmatizes such baseness and buries it under the weight of its opprobrium nor is it impossible that honour be paid where a good character no longer exists but this is accidental in the nature of things reputation is the basis of all honour if you destroy character you destroy at the same time its fruit which is honour thus will be seen the double malice of defamation to defame therefore is to lessen or to annul the estimation in which a person is held by his fellow-men this crime may be perpetrated in two different manners by making known his secret faults and this is simple detraction and by ascribing to him faults of which he is innocent and this is calumny or slander thus it appears that a man's character may suffer from truth as well as from falsehood truth is an adorable thing but it has its time and place the fact of its being truth does not prevent it from being harmful on the other hand a lie which is evil in itself becomes abominable when used to malign a fellow-man there is one mitigating and two aggravating forms of defamation gossip is small talk idle and sufficiently discolored to make its subject appear in an unfavourable light it takes a morbid pleasure in speaking of the known and public faults of another it picks at little things and furnishes a steady occupation for people who have more time to mind other people's business than their own it bespeaks smallness in intellectual make-up and general pusillanimity that is about all the harm there is in it and that is enough libel supposes a wide diffusion of defamatory matter written or spoken its malice is great because of its power for evil and harm tail-bearing or backbiting is what the name implies its object is principally to spread discord to cause enmity to break up friendships it may have an ulterior purpose and these are the means it employs no limit can be set to its capacity for evil its malice is especially infernal it is not necessary that what we do or say of a defamatory nature result as a matter of fact in bringing one's name into disfavour or disrepute it is sufficient that it be of such a nature and have such a tendency if by accident the venomous shaft spend itself before attaining the intended mark no credit is due therefore to him who shot it his guilt remains what it was when he sped it on its way nor is there justification in the plea that no harm was meant that the deed was done in a moment of anger jealousy etc that it was the result of loquacity indulged in for the simple pleasure of talking these are excuses that excuse not there are those who speaking in disparagement of the neighbour speak to the point directly and plainly others no less guilty do it in a covert manner 
have recourse to subterfuge and insinuation they exaggerate faults and make them appear more odious they put an evil interpretation on the deed or intention they keep back facts that would improve the situation they remain silent when silence is condemnatory they praise with a malignant praise a mean sarcastic smile or a significant reticence often does the work better than many words and phrases and all this as we have said independently of the truth or falsehood of the impression conveyed listeners share the guilt of the defamers on the principle that the receiver is as bad as the thief this supposes of course that you listen not merely hear that you enjoy this sort of a thing and are willing and ready to receive the impression derogatory to the neighbor's esteem and good name of course if mere curiosity makes us listen and our pleasure and amusement are less at the expense of the neighbor's good name than excited by the style of the narrator or the singularity of the facts alleged the fault is less but fault there nevertheless is since such an attitude serves to encourage the traducer and helps him drive his points home many sin who could and should prevent excesses of this kind but refrain from doing so their sin is greater if by reason of their position they are under greater obligations of correction although reputation is a priceless boon to all men there are cases wherein it has an especial value on account of the peculiar circumstances of a man's position it not infrequently happens that the whole success of a man's life depends on his good name men in public life in the professions religious and others similarly placed suffer from defamation far more than those in the ordinary walks of life and naturally those who injure them are guilty of more grievous wrong and it goes without saying that a man can stand any moral aspersion better than a woman in all cases the malice is measured by the injury done or intended end of chapter eighty eight defamation